Greetings adventures. Just wanted to give you a heads up here at the top of the episode. In just a minute you're going to hear me mention that Heather and Jess were off exploring some long forgotten temple and apparently they must have made some ancient elder god angry because we got hit with a little bit of technical difficulties on this week's episode. I can only assume that it's because they stole some sort of golden idol that they shouldn't have been messing with. So. There's going to be a few spots where Heather's voice sounds like she's underwater a little bit or that she's on the wrong end of a bad cell phone connection. It's, uh, it, it's in and out. It doesn't last very long, so the episode is still totally listenable in my opinion. So we hope you'll bear with us. We apologize for the technical difficulties and we'll be back to business as usual next week. We'll get that all sorted out. So without further ado, here is episode five of the Gold Key Adventure Society. Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once in a lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, I'll tell them what's on your Oh, hey there, we're back for episode five with more travel news and silliness, plus our favorite tips to help you fly like a pro. Check your parachute, it's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventurers Society. My float plane is bobbing gently in a lake, and I have the pilot's door open and my fishing line in the water. I'm just killing time while Heather and Jess are off gallivanting around some long forgotten temple. Suddenly, a cloud of dust and angry shouting rises up over the hill as the two adventurers come running into view, followed closely by a mob of irate villagers and their spears and arrows. Get that tub going, yells Jess. Heather jabs her sonic screwdriver toward the plane, and after a flash of light and some high-pitched noise, the engines roar to life. They jump in, slam the door, and we take off just as the villagers get within arrow range of our plane. Once we're safely up in the air, I turn around and with a sly grin shout back, So, how'd it go? How's it going, guys? Snakes. Why does it always have to be snakes? <laughs> that intro makes me think that there's a boa constrictor somewhere on this plane. Uh, Reggie's on vacation this week. Oh, good. Whew. <laughs> yep. So welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you came back to chat with us again. Excited to be here. Yeah. And that reminds me, there's something that we didn't discuss last week that I think, you know, in case the listeners haven't caught on, welcome Heather. She's the third host of our show now. We enjoyed her so much the first time Ooh. that she was around. We decided <laughs> yeah. to give her a permanent gig. So we're happy to have you. Now you're stuck with me. <laughs> But we had a lot of fun and uh, really brought the show up a notch. So we thought we should uh, bring Heather back. So yeah, sorry, we forgot to mention that last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what we're doing next? We're going to head on over to the news desk and talk about what's new this week in travel. So this, Justin. So let me ask you guys a question. 
Have you ever wanted to go out to a pub for a beer, but thought, you know, I just don't really want to put on pants? <laughs> well, I have great news. No, just every time I want to go out for a beer. <laughs> I have great news for you. Next time you're in London, you can visit the Coach and Horses pub. Because according to Lonely Planet, they have become the first nudist pub in London. Hooray! They, the, it's, it's, a, it's a famous pub, I guess. It's over 170 years old. And they have recently been granted a nudist license by the, by, uh, the city of London. Now, hold on a second. Wait a second. So that implies that there's other, maybe not pubs, but what, in the middle of the city of London, there's other nudist establishments. Apparently, it's a thing in London. Yes, absolutely. No shirt, no shoes, no anything. No problem. No problem. (laughs) Do we want to brainstorm what some of those other establishments might be? Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) I've been to London a few times, and I have to say, I haven't seen any nudist establishments, but... And you weren't looking hard enough. Yes, not. (laughs) I can think of establishments that I don't want to have nudist capabilities. Such as? Like daycares. Very um, good, very good, yeah. (laughs) Fast food restaurants. There's too much grease involved. Apparently they've, they've done stuff you know quirky stuff like this before they were proud for a long time to be home to london's rudest barman uh then for well that's not going to improve his attitude anymore by letting people uh then for a while they were a playhouse of they were a vegetarian pub for a while uh they said that even though the license allows anyone guests and staff included to strip down you can't just uh, walk in anytime with it all hanging out. Um, they said <laughs> nudity must be prearranged and will only occur on special occasions with plenty of warning to all the other patrons. Now what constitutes a special occasion <laughs> in this case? I have no idea. And do they have like a velvet rope <laughs> section where they keep all the nude people? Oh, a, <laughs> I have, I have one more question. Uh, the house music, is it just a constant loop of yakety sax like Benny Hill? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> they held their first nudist event in june and it was a great success so keep that on the list for the next time you visit london it's on the bucket list (laughs) i mean really the bar is kind of low because i feel like a great success for a nudist event is everybody successfully gets their clothes off i don't really see what else (laughs) needs to happen that's that's a good point but i mean good for good for them (laughs) well let's go from the nudity Um, to the wholesome uh wholesome theme park news jess what do you got yeah there's really no way to transition from that to uh (laughs) to my (laughs) news um just trying to start things off on a lighthearted note yeah let me well then let me bring the room back down a bit um Um, unfortunately, we all know that Hurricane Dorian uh, just went through the Bahamas recently mm-hmm. and um, basically decimated many areas. Um, it was a Category 5 um, when it hit. And um, so recently, Disney has announced that they are uh, pledging to donate $1 million to, uh, to the Bahamas in relief efforts. Bob Iger was quoted as saying, We hope our $1 million donation will provide much-needed relief and help our neighbors, colleagues, and all those impacted by this devastating storm be- begin 
the long process of recovery as they work to put their lives and communities back together. Um, and recently, the Disney Dream uh, delivered some food and bottled water to Castaway Key for crew members to distribute throughout the uh, Abacos Islands. I think the Fantasy so. had a, a call there too, where they did the same thing. Yeah, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be an ongoing effort, and um, that storm yeah, it's gonna just, be a long process. Just parked itself there for a few days. It's just terrible. Yeah, Great Abac Great yeah, Abaco it, and uh, Grand caribbean island they said something like seven grand bahama sorry, yeah, grand yeah. bahama island something like 75 percent of the homes were either severely damaged or destroyed uh so it's yeah definitely... it's a, uh, grand bahama is 70 percent underwater now i think yeah it's just unbelievable it's you know it's great to see that disney gets so much from from the area with the cruise line so you know it's good to see that they're reciprocating mm -hmm, the relationship i believe royal caribbean is doing the same thing and has been organizing supply runs as well so cruise industry is definitely stepping up. So this is a little bit of an odd piece of news from Canada. So there's a, a museum in Alberta, Alberta, Canada, that has a safe that they've had on display for about 40 years, and no one's ever been able to open this safe. They don't have the, it's a combination safe. There's been lots of pools going as to what could be in this safe. It came from a, a hotel a Canadian hotel. And recently a tourist walked in and was able to unlock it in a matter of seconds. <laughs> and they're now king. <laughs> was Geraldo Rivera on hand for the occasion? Oh, that would have been epic. He was visiting uh, on a family vacation. He had no idea how many times people had tried to open this, but just thought for fun he'd he'd give it a try he said he was really doing it as a joke for his kids tried to be like i'm a safe cracker in the movies and he he took a look at it noticed that the the dial went from zero to 60 so he tried 20 40 60 <laughs> and it opened <laughs> right away any guesses what they found inside the safe um nothing <laughs> pretty close there's never anything in there they found the it says the contents of the two thousand pound black metal safe were some papers dated nineteen seventy seven and nineteen seventy eight, an employee pay slip and a pile of dust. Wow, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but he said he's going to go out and buy a lottery ticket right away because that was pretty lucky. Yeah, but then you used your luck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is that's a good like the point. last time you buy a lottery ticket. I mean, not that he won. I just, I, yeah. Not that anything <laughs> right. came of it. He should buy a lottery ticket in the, with the numbers 20, 40, and 60. See how it goes. <laughs> there's nothing, there's never anything in a safe, ever. I know. Did you guys watch the whole Geraldo thing? I vaguely I remember it. I, I, I heard. I watched it live. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. <laughs> there was nothing in there. It was the biggest letdown. But so entertaining. Sometimes the mystery box is better left closed. It's more entertaining. Oh, that's that's profound. Mm. That's kind of profound. That's what I bring to this show. <laughs> Profundity. <laughs> yes. What's up next, Jess? 
Uh, well, um, in news that's close to my heart, um, they have started finally adding charging ports into Walt Disney World's uh, resort buses. Yes, I saw pictures of these yeah, buses. So they just recently started debuting new uh, character wraps um, that cover the buses completely with like Mickey and Minnie and those guys. Um, some Avengers. I think there's a Rocket and Groot one. Um, mm-hmm. And some of these buses also have completely new interiors. Um, with sort of a new blue and gray color scheme and new seating. But the big part of that is the USB ports that are under most of the seats throughout the bus. Charging your phone. Yes. Yes. uh, For those of us that are constantly taking photos and and using our phone as we're touring the parks, that is is much needed. Posting photos onto Instagram, pictures of your food. Living your life on social media. All those really important things. That's a lot more convenient than... Clan, clandest- clandestinely yes that word then being <laughs> sneaky and stealing an outlet at a store like i had to do in universal in may <laughs> <laughs> i was i was conveniently sheltering from the rain and oops i found an outlet <laughs> oh i'm gonna borrow some of your power <laughs> Um, I'm hoping they're going to continue to upgrade the buses. I'd like to see um, some maybe pull down hammocks in, installed um, for those long yes, rides back. that's a great idea. Yeah, um, possibly. Or for when you're holding a dead asleep five-year-old who weighs way too much to be holding them exactly. standing up. Or maybe some sort of like soundproof corral that we could like just put them in so that the bus ride's nice and quiet. Maybe a rack on the front, like city buses have a bike rack. I'd like to see something similar for people to put their no, they're gigantic strollers. Oh, strollers or scooters? Yes. Yeah. Well, the scooters they at least put against the wall, but people come on with theirs with their strollers, and even with the new size restrictions, it's like it cuts the capacity in half. I do love that Heather and I's first thought was that. Put the kids there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's like, you're going to just strap them to the front of the it's bus. It's like a fun know? ride. I'd put the kids on the roof, roof rack for the kids. Ooh. That's more That'd sensible, I think. Then yeah, we can build yeah. up some walls. I like it. So I saw this and I was super bummed that I missed out on it, but there's a chance it could come back around again. This summer was the first time ever that you could rent the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile on Airbnb. And the pictures, you've got to see the pictures of how they've decked it out as an Airbnb, all hot dog themed, of course. Of course. So they tried this out for the first time this summer um, during Lollapalooza. And they say that if it was a success, they're going to do it again. Amenities include a mini fridge stocked with Oscar Mayer hot dogs, all the Chicago style (laughs) toppings you need. And an Oscar Mayer rolling grill to take home. I, have y'all have y'all ever <laughs> seen the inside of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? I've seen it roll yeah, by before, I, but I've I never j- gotten to see the inside. I just have to ask, like, is there a is there a bed? This, they put it. They they put a bed in it. Yes, it normally okay. doesn't have it. <laughs> They're like, you know, we got hot dogs, we got toppings. <laughs> yeah. Is there yes. a bed? They put a bed in a couch. Yeah, it's like a small camper because uh, the drivers actually like live in it and drive around the country for a while they sign up for a certain tour of duty yeah and it says that during your rental you're not allowed to drive it it was just parked that was my next question like that's that's no fun (laughs) sorry that was the point it looks so fun though does it does it smell like hot dogs i bet i mean i hope i mean they probably have a (laughs) smellitizer built in where it just spritzes you every once in a while 
<laughs> Maybe there's a motion sensor when you walk by. Well, it runs on hot dog water. You know, but never fear, we may have in. missed the chance for the Wienermobile, but watch for it to come up again. But there is also another interesting Airbnb that's come up for rental now, and it's shaped like a giant dog. You've got to see the pictures <laughs> of this one, too. It's a, it's a giant beagle in Idaho. <laughs> it sleeps up to four people, has two bedrooms. It also has a library of books, games, and puzzles, which are dog-themed. Of course. Of course. Light snack foods and an in-the-dog breakfast is included, and it's only $163 a night. That's a steal. If you find yourself in Idaho, you got to check this thing out. I've actually seen this house. It was featured on, uh, I was watching some Netflix show about bizarre houses, and uh, that that house is featured on there, and uh, it is something else. It is a giant beagle, and the inside... Really something to see. You need to put photos on the website because you got to see this thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get pictures up because it is the inside is all decked out. They love dogs. Yes. Like the, uh, there's a picture of one of the bedrooms has a headboard that's all covered with wooden canine carvings. <laughs> and uh, this article says that, that they are currently fully booked until April of 2020. <laughs> So it Jeez. seems like it's very popular. <laughs> it's called, oh, I, I missed, uh, it's called the Dog Bark Park Inn and B&B <laughs> in Cottonwood, Idaho. <laughs> oh, and there's, like a giant, a <laughs> there's a giant fire hydrant in the yard. <laughs> well, that's, of course. It seems like a necessity. <laughs> Is that where you have to go? <laughs> there are bathrooms inside the dog, never fear. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and it also comes with a resident golden retriever who will stay in the dog hotel if you would like that's meta <laughs> right <laughs> is the guest responsible for care while they're staying <laughs> if congratulations you've you got a dog to take care of yes if you choose to keep the dog with you i think you have to walk it and and take care of it while you're staying yes <laughs> so they built this house just to tom sawyer people and taking care of their dog for them that's genius, <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> All right, up next. Um, let's see. So uh, in final theme park news, um, Universal's Islands of Adventure was just named the number one amusement park by TripAdvisor um, for the fifth year in a row, actually. Um, it's part of their Traveler's Choice Awards that they have every year, um, which they determine using an algorithm that takes into account the quantity and quality of reviews and ratings for amusement parks worldwide gathered over a 12-month period. Um, So it's actually interesting because Universal Studios Florida was um, number three on the list, uh, both on the worldwide and the national list as well. So uh, as far as visitors go that use TripAdvisor, um, Universal is knocking it out of the park, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and with the... I love Islands of Adventure. Yeah, and they've just added the Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. That poster is, uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely epic. And I can't wait to write it again. I know, I have yet to go on that, but everything I've seen of that is pretty awesome. It has five or six or seven, a bunch of launches, because you, you go from... Super fast to slow down to see the some of the dark ride elements to speeding up again. It has a vertical drop. Yeah, it's, that free fall is incredible. Yes, it's so good. So good. 
it seems like that's where sort of coaster technology is going right now. They're starting to combine it with the show elements. And it's like, yeah. I mean, hell, even Slinky Dog Dash has us part where it stops and mm-hmm. relaunches and itself. Ramps up so. And lets his tail catch up and off yeah. again. And then when Guardians of the Galaxy comes to Epcot, that one's going to launch backwards. Uh, so I think they're going to run out of ways they can launch you at this point. Like, uh, there is a backwards launch on Hagrid as well. That's oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. And that's all I've got. Well, I have one more thing. And I thought that this would be could be very helpful for our adventurous listeners. The headline was a South Carolina man has found a way of telling whether there is a shark in the water at the beach and it's 100% accurate. And it has even been uh, endorsed uh, by the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. They put their weight behind it and says it is a great trick to detect nearby sharks. So Is it listening for Stay with me here. So the first thing you need is a spoon. So you you have to take take your spoon (laughs) when you're on the beach. You go up to the edge of the water and fill your spoon with some water. Put it in your mouth, swish it around and then spit it out. Uh If it tastes like salt, there's sharks in the water. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> this is an article on, in Travel and Leisure magazine. <laughs> yeah, but to be really? fair, they also reported on like the 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 what was that weird candy cane flavor that was just <laughs> oh, weird candy cane flavor. Tell me, uh, ignore me. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was looking at their website earlier, and there was a lot of iffy articles on there that seemed like they were stretching for travel news <laughs> it's a little bit of a it, it, it's a joke obviously but it's a little bit of a, a campaign to for people to just be aware of their surroundings when they are on a florida beach or hawaii or wherever you are you're swimming in the ocean that you're in somebody else's home and it's not yours and there could be sharks there so be careful right yeah i mean realistically people need to remember to kind of take responsibility for themselves a little bit and not get upset when there's you know it's like when you hear people getting upset that they saw a snake at a theme park or something it's like well yeah Yeah. but you're outside in the swamps so there's snakes there there's there's wildlife yeah Yeah. absolutely i thought it was it would give you a chuckle (laughs) it's a good dad joke (laughs) salty water sharks are present All right. Well, I think that's all the news that we've got for this week. So while I go and search for a bigger boat, why don't you guys sit back and listen to this word from our sponsor. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your key to the world travel vacation planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the world travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, 
your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. All right, we're back. Let me set the scene for everybody. Um, imagination time again. We're on a Pan Am transatlantic flight somewhere around like maybe 1969, 1970. Everybody is dressed up for the occasion because flying is still something special to us. Uh, the flight attendants have started the meal service, which includes prime rib hand-carved right beside our spacious sleeperette seats, and it's served on fine china dishes. And as our meal winds down and the coffee is served, it's the perfect time to discuss what our fellow adventurers can do to make their airport experience run as smoothly as possible and fly the friendly skies like a pro. So One of the best things about flying these days is no smoking on the plane. That's <laughs> that true. flight would have been full of cigarette smoke. That's true, but you rarely see, uh, you, you rarely gather with your fellow passengers around the uh, bar in the piano lounge yeah. <laughs> upstairs. Very true, yes. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about it and... Well, especially like you guys, you you guys have been on a lot of planes this past year. Yeah, I, I travel once or twice a a month. A month, yeah. <laughs> and like even even myself, flying a cup just a couple of times a year. That's actually when you think about it, that's a lot more flying than a lot of people have done. People do. You know, sure. we, yeah. We went to Disney World in February and brought my youngest brother, and that was the first time he'd ever been on a plane, and he's twenty really ever fish yeah wow yeah so um and even the people that have flown a lot from what i've noticed last place i've been on could use some help they they don't act like they know what they're doing yeah no i think that's willful ignorance most of the time yes in some cases it is the the businessmen million milers you know just do whatever they want but yes um that's fair so I think that maybe we should maybe start with how we prepare before we get even to the airport and kind of work through the flight experience. So when you guys are packing uh, your carry-on, how what's what's your carry-on strategy as far as uh, what you bring Very. into the cabin with you? Very good question. I typically have, you're, back up a little bit, you're allowed to have carry two things onto an airplane these days. One small thing like a backpack or a laptop case, something that will fit under the seat. And then a small rolling type can be a little suitcase that you can put in the overhead bin. I typically do travel with a a small backpack and a small rolling carry-on, not a full like suitcase sized one. But in that one, I keep my toiletries and anything that I'm going to need right away when I get off the plane and usually just one change of clothes in case my check bag goes astray. Uh, the 
the biggest thing to remember with on a carry on is that now you can not have any liquid that's over three ounces. You can get really cheap, great little three ounce plastic bottles from Target or Walmart or wherever. Squeeze all your liquids into there. Squeeze all the liquids into there. But yeah, you got to make sure you don't have a bottle of water in your backpack or... Make sure you label those bottles after you've repackaged yes. your uh, liquids because... <laughs> I actually have, um, I've gotten them in um, three different colors. So I have like a white one and a pink one and a gray one. And I know I always put the same thing in each one because I was labeling them with Sharpies or stuff from my label maker and it was constantly falling off. So I had to come up with something else because I travel a lot. So there's a little tip. I usually... Uh, try. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of a carry-on. Um, so if I can at all possible check every bag that I need except for my backpack, I will do that. And yeah, I've got it sort of down to a streamlined system that I know exactly what I need to have in my backpack to sort of get me there. And just in case, you know, I, I lose my bags, something to get me through at least until hopefully they're located. Um, but yeah, I tend to I, I tend to fly southwest as much as I can, and you get the two free checked bags with that. So if at all possible, I do have a, a sort of carry-on suitcase, but I love to check that and just free my hands up um, as far as like moving through the plane. It's a much more relaxing experience, but you know, with the baggage fees that airlines are charging these days, most airlines, not Southwest. Everybody's trying to bring every single thing onto the plane. And mm-hmm. so it all fills up really fast. So it is a good idea to try to be as streamlined as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be one of those people that would just, I mean, it's a lot cheaper, obviously. So I would try to pack everything in one little carry on size, but man, I'm getting. No, once you that. have kids and you're going to travel <laughs> yes. with kids. Too, that makes it even more difficult. Even yeah. solo, last time when we when I flew down to Universal, I had a big suitcase that I checked, and my wife was like, "Why do you need that big a bag? You're only there for three days." Like all of the stuff you're going to bring just home, just in case. I'd rather <laughs> just not. I'd rather just check it and deal with it. So yeah, it's it's definitely a lot easier. Yeah, I, I rarely bring on everything in a carry-on if i'm just going away for a couple of days then i will definitely do that but i am i do prefer to check most of my stuff and with the all all the airlines these days have great apps that you can track your bags and Mm. that's i've been pretty successful with that i mostly fly delta and as soon as my bag is loaded onto the plane i can see it in the app which is nice and then it tells me when it's coming out of the at the end of the trip pings me that my bag's about to arrive so I can stop at Starbucks and hang out and not have to worry. Don't have to right. elbow people out of the way. <laughs> oh, exactly. Because everybody is standing right up at the baggage claim. Yeah. I wonder if people just don't understand that it goes all the way around because they're always right <laughs> yes. where it comes out. Like, I'm going to get it. Oh, it's going to be mine. You're like, it's you're saving yourself like five seconds. really. Yeah, totally. Uh, so speaking of uh, keeping an eye on your bags on that uh, Delta app, um, there's a lot of app technology that can make life easier um, getting to and from the airport and dealing with all that. Um, pretty much every airline has an app that you can book right within there or, you know, ch- uh, I know with 
American, we use it to select the seats and all that stuff. Uh, Southwest, you check in for your flight 24 hours in advance, which I always forget to do because I'm always <laughs> on the first flight out and at 6 a.m. I'm not thinking very much about. <laughs> That's why with Southwest, you go with early bird check-in so you yeah. don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are there any other apps that you guys like to use or would recommend people might want to put on their phone specifically for travel time? Well, most good apps for the airline will have uh, uh, airport maps in them. And there are some apps, if you if the airline app you're using doesn't have that, I'd recommend getting a standalone app that has airport maps in it so that you can look ahead at where you're going to be connecting, find out where you're going to land, what gate you're landing and where you, what gate you have to get to for your connection. They're very handy. Yep. I just started using something um, recently called app in the air. Um, and it basically, it's just sort of one of those that can kind of organize and combine all of your, your flight info, but it also has links to maps like we were talking about and um, oh, yeah, that's airport handy. info and things. And it'll send you reminders for your check-in time, for your boarding, all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, so far it's, it's pretty good. I, it, it does help streamline that because yeah, I don't tend to use, um, one specific airline all the time. I try, like I said, to use Southwest as much as possible, but in Richmond, it, it's, it's really hit or miss as to the best airline just depends on where you're headed. So yeah, so far that's. Does that app help you with finding the nearest cheeseburger? Um, I haven't looked for a cheeseburger with it yet. Um, <laughs> it's been very useful with bathrooms, but you know, in, in an airport, bathrooms aren't usually that hard to find, but it does help to find right. it faster if you're getting off the plane. That's what I tend to, to be looking for on my Delta app is where can I get breakfast or lunch near my gates? And the, the Delta app has, yeah, has some great interactive maps. It's very handy. Nice. Where can I get some, uh, a beer? <laughs> waiting for my flight that's a, that sort of thing yeah so make sure you've got app in the air i like it yeah i'm gonna to have to look for that and check it out for the next time i fly are there any other gadgets or gizmos or accessories what do you like to bring on you for your own comfort and passing the time in the cabin i always have um my bluetooth headphones that are noise canceling that's just uh, such a great thing to have on an airplane and uh, always bring along the cord so that I can plug it in if I happen to have in-seat entertainment to watch movies, especially on an international flight. Yep, that's about the same with me. I try to watch everything on my phone so I don't tend to carry my laptop with me unless I'm going to be working. Um, but I don't like to pull it out. It's just too unwieldy to keep pulling in and out for trips. So I like to download a bunch of things to my phone if I'm going to watch something. And Phone or an iPad. Yeah, yeah those are yeah. great. Yeah. I'm like thinking about it right now and I'm realizing that I could probably just not bring anything. I always tend to try to think of every single possible thing I might want or need. And I just realized that if I, uh, I know it's not that old, but I'm 35 and I, if you put a movie in front of me, I'm out within five minutes. <laughs> and when you've got the drone of the plane engine going too, I might as well just have my USB cable to plug my phone in. And that's all I need because I'm passing out until we get. So I guess USB cable and a breathe right strip for the comfort of my, so my seatmates. <laughs> as somebody that's heard you sleep, I, I think that'd be very nice for the person next to you on the plane to have oh, the breathe wow. right strip. <laughs> 
calling you out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I don't travel with one, but I have a few friends who swear by luggage scales uh, because they tend to be the type of people who bring way too much stuff and then they buy stuff. Um, so they, they sell, you can, I've seen them at Target and Walmart. You can get a little a handy little scale that, so you can weigh your luggage yourself and see whether you need to rearrange or whether you're going to get hit with some overweight baggage fees, which are not cheap, by the way. No. It's like 75 to a hundred dollars extra if your if your bag is too heavy it's pretty bad yeah it's a lot less embarrassing to do that in the private rearrange your bags in the privacy of your home or hotel room than have to <laughs> in our hotel room yeah exactly. try to try to figure that out right in front of the ticketing count instead counter. of yeah laying it all out they do a lot of airports do have little scales near the ticketing counter where you can check <laughs> yep. uh, but then yeah you're stuck in in the middle of everyone opening your suitcase up and taking stuff out to jettison it. Not fun. <laughs> no. Okay. So we've got our carry-ons packed. Um, I think we can leave packing luggage, you know, checked luggage to the listener's own imagination because that's a case by case basis. So we get to the airport. What do we need to know about? Is there any, any tricks, tips, uh, life hacks for streamlining the whole check-in process? Well, one thing to be aware of, that's something that's coming up soon, uh, by the end of 2020, I think it's October of 2020, in order to fly, you your ID, your driver's license, this is just for domestic flying, your ID has to be compliant with what's called the Real ID Act. Mm -hmm. And not all states are compliant yet. Some states, it's an option. That's the case here in Michigan. If you want a real ID compliant driver's license, basically it means that you're proving your citizenship when you get your driver's license and you'll get a little, your license will have a little gold star up in one corner. And that means that your, wherever you get your license, secretary of state, the DMV, whatever, that they verified your citizenship. So by the end of next year, if you don't have that, your license won't get you on a plane. You'll have to have a passport or a passport card. So I highly recommend that people check that out in the next year. If you're going to be traveling next year, you're, you're going to want to make sure because otherwise you're not getting on the plane if you don't have that. Yeah, I was just noticing I spent some time in the DMV recently and uh, ah, fun. they got a great big sign right above the counter and it's like the only thing to look at of... Do you have this star on your ID? So Yeah, I have to do that. My my current license expires this year, so I have to go get a new one, and I will be bringing my passport because I fly a lot and don't feel like carrying my passport the whole time. So so are there still yeah. there are still states that aren't completely compliant yet? Correct. Uh, last oh, it's been you know what it's been a little bit. There's a few holdouts. I think it's surprising that anybody still because I mean I've been hearing about this for so long now. They keep on pushing the deadline yeah. back too. Yeah, they do. As of April, the following states are currently not in compliance with real id maine new jersey oklahoma and oregon so if you live in one of those states you're gonna need a passport as of the end of next year well and actually i should take that back it varies by by state when the law is going to go in effect because some states have applied for extensions like michigan we have until october of 2020 some states have to have it haven't filed for an extension and need to 
have it by this October. Um, so it's, it's, it's really smart to take, to take a minute and uh, before you're traveling this fall and Google your state and the words real ID and see if you're compliant or whether you need it yet or whether you have a little bit of time. And then be a responsible adult and remember to just do it because <laughs> exactly. I keep forgetting. Yeah. And, and, and my, my renew, my expiration on my driver's license doesn't line up with the deadline for uh. that. So I have to just remember yeah. to do it again. So just get it done. Yep. Yeah. Be an adult. <laughs> Find out whether your state is in, is compliant and what the what the guidelines are on dhs.gov slash real dash ID. That's that's quite the mouthful of a of a URL. Sorry. Uh-huh. We should post that on our Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll have a roundup of information that we shared i think this episode and we'll dump that all in one place so we've got our ids that we can check in we've gone Mm -hmm. to the counter and turned in our bags and they've given us our slips and they've disappeared down the scanner now it's time to head to the tsa yes tsa (laughs) security is a lot different than it used to be it sure is yeah do you guys remember when when people could walk you all the way to the gate and like walk you basically onto the plane almost not anymore do you guys have tsa pre-check i do not but i have only really in this past year kicked up my traveling so i'm i'm definitely going to do that very soon yeah valuable yeah if you're going to travel more than a handful of times in the next five years like i will say in in my airport it's very tiny, and even at the busiest times of day, you can get through security in roughly 10 minutes. But I do fly to Orlando a lot. True, but you have to take your yeah, shoes no, you, off. Yeah, no, you still have to take your shoes off <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you go through there. But if you're going to an airport that is even slightly busy, like Orlando... You know, it's the amount of time that you can save getting through there is is amazing. Yeah. I don't like having to take my shoes off at all. So that's what that's the number one reason I love. I'm my always happy when I go through Orlando and they're so busy that they yeah. don't make you take your shoes off. They'll do that. And they won't they won't tell you to take anything <laughs> out of the bags. They're like, just yeah. walk through. Leave it alone. Yeah, that's honestly. Yeah, that's the best thing. Which about makes me pre-check. ask, why do they make me do that when it's not busy? Then how am I if it's safe when you're busy to not? have me take things out of my bag why do i have to do it when it's slow an interesting thing about um orlando mco is they test a lot of things there so if there's going to be some new guidelines or new regulations they get tested at M- at mco a lot so mm-hmm. you'll you'll notice that there was a period of time and it was a such unfortunate timing where they were testing uh, allowing you not allowing you to bring snacks onto a plane or needing to test your snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right after the Halloween party started yeah. in or in at Walt <laughs> Disney World. And so Poor people timing. were having to take all the food out of their bags and people had just bags of trick-or-treat candy. And uh, it was just a nightmare. And it kind of, there was no warning. It was just all of a sudden, yep, all of your snacks have to come out of your bag and we're testing them. And they're not doing that anymore, thankfully. Yeah. But wow. The biggest things to remember going through security is no liquids over three ounces. If you don't have pre-check, you're going to have to take all of the your compliant liquids and everything that's under three ounces 
out of your bag. You have to take your laptop out of your bag. Any electronics bigger than a cell phone. You have to take your shoes off. Yep. Mm -hmm. All electronics, everything will have to come out of your bag and go through the scanner separately. And that get that the trips a lot of people up who have flown recently. They just they don't have any clue what they have to do once they get up there to security, and it kind of stalls everything. Well, yeah, I was going to say that if you've never flown before, or if you haven't flown in a long time, that this step can be pretty intimidating, um, especially because they're generally in a rush to get everybody through. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're the not so mean, but they kind of barking orders, bark yeah. at you, yeah. So the most important thing that I would say to remember is just listen and do exactly what they say. And this is not the time to get into like, what ifs, like, am I a special case? Do I have something like just do to the letter, like Amelia Bedelia, do exactly what they say and you'll get through smooth and you'll be fine. Because I mean, I think we all know that, you, you know, if you've got something that, you know, it's like you don't have a bomb in your bag. So I think you're going to be OK. Yeah. It might take a little bit longer because you forgot to take something out. But don't don't get flustered. Don't get intimidated. Just listen. and Yeah. And they'll tell you exactly what you can and can't have. You can't take a knife or any other kind of weapon onto a plane. But you can't have knitting needles. That is true. You can have knitting needles. Yeah. I will say the uh, the TSA actually on their website has a really great basic, like a, a pretty actually long list of what is accepted and what isn't and a really great search function. And, and you'd be surprised at what you can find on there. You're like, oh, nobody's ever asked this. And mm-hmm. if you search for it nine times out of 10, you'll probably mm-hmm. find it and you'll get a definitive answer. So if you're not sure, just, yeah, just Google before you leave, you know. Currently, if you Google, can I bring on the lightsaber I built at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? You will find that, yes, you can. The TSA will tell you, well, lightsabers are not real. So (laughs) you can go ahead and bring it on. There was a bit of a kerfuffle. uh, Was it as early as last week? Yeah. A week before, maybe? During the opening. Just last week. And (laughs) it it, it, it came and went. It was a tempest in a teacup. A blip. A blip. It's funny. When... Disneyland opened. It never even came up. So we're talking about the uh, round Cokes that you can get in Galaxy's Edge that look like in the Star Wars universe. It looks like a thermal detonator. But well, see, here's the really thing. And this is why I didn't understand the controversy because it doesn't read as a thermal detonator to me because it looks nothing like what a thermal detonator looks like That's in the Star true. Wars universe. Yeah. So I thought it was just supposed to be like a futuristic alien looking. I, I honestly That's thought they I looked didn't like BB-8s. I thought I called them droid cokes. Well, they're, they look they're like actually a droid to me. The bottles are actually the same bottles that they use at Christmas when they make Christmas ornament Coca-Cola bottles. So all they did was yes, change the yeah. lid. And those so I'm like, great. okay, you can't bring Christmas ornament shaped things. Right. And the whole yeah, the whole thing started when Disneyland opened. It was no big deal. I came back from Disneyland with like twelve of them in my checked bag. They were still full, so. I checked them and it was no big deal at all. But then uh, just before Walt Disney World Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, somebody tweeted to TSA to ask about it. And the way that they phrased it was they they referred to it as a thermal detonator Star Wars bomb. And of course, 
the knee-jerk reaction from the TSA was, well, absolutely not. You can't bring a replica bomb onto a plane, which, of course, you cannot. You can't bring a fake grenade or anything like that. The thing is, these don't look like any kind of replica explosive at all. So that it was a few days later, I think, that they they released a statement. Say, well, first, every blog out there was talking about how the TSA had banned Star Wars Cokes. <laughs> that went around. There was, there was outrage on many fronts. And then a few days later, they they took it back. So if you visit Batu and you want to bring a Coke home, there's two things to remember. If it's still full, put it in your check bag. If it's empty, you can carry it on no problem. And the TSA won't. And I did get a, a, a lightsaber through the process. And yeah, they didn't bat an eye. I was waiting for them to ask what it was because it's yep. extremely long and and weirdly shaped. But yeah, it is um, bulky. a friend yeah. of ours, uh, Jeff, uh, when he went through, I asked him if they had said anything to him. And he said, no, the TSA guy just asked what kind it was. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, the TSA in the Orlando airport knows what they're looking at now. You can also bring on your replica droid. I carried mine on in a backpack. Did you have to buy a seat for it? No? <laughs> no, he put under the seat I feel bad about that. Shoving him under the seat. There's a lap droid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've made it through the TSA. Um, hopefully they've allowed us to continue on to our gate. And it's about time to get on the plane. So the boarding process. Uh, yes. This is the next place that's fraught with uh It is. This is where peril. many controversies can happen. Is what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Because every airline has a process, an order in which you're going to board, whether it's uh, Southwest uses letters, groups, uh, a letter and a number. You'll be A, 1 through 30. Or, um, and they trust you to organize yourself yes, numerically. Yes, Southwest has the little has little posts where you're supposed to line up before, in order of your number. And I mean, it actually when when people figure it out, it it works really well. People line up in order and get on the plane in order. the The reason Southwest does it that way is because there's no assigned seating, so you uh, if you get that coveted early boarding number. You get to pick whatever seat you want on the plane. So people are definitely paying attention to when they get on the plane. On I Southwest. certainly do. I mean, I just checked in for my flight tomorrow today and I got it in the A group and I was like, yes, that's I mean, it's it's really crucial. I find when I'm flying Southwest, I'll have a layover somewhere, say like Atlanta. And um, the last time I had a layover in Atlanta, I literally had 30 minutes in between the flights. Now, when I got on the first flight, I had no idea how close the gates were going to be, if there was going to be any sort of delay getting out. And there actually was about a 15 minute delay getting out of Richmond. Um, so for me, like checking in right at the time that Southwest allows you 24 hours ahead of time is so crucial because for me, I want to grab a seat as close to that exit as I can, like on the aisle so that as soon as we land, I'm out the door headed to my next flight. So there's no chance at all that I'm going to miss it. Um, Delta does the board and Delta and a lot of other of the other major airlines board in zones. So you'll have a zone written on your boarding pass. And if you want to incur the wrath of your fellow travelers, <laughs> you'll stand up and go stand right in front of the boarding door before it's your turn. 
and you might get shoved or trampled. So pay attention to what your boarding zone is and just stay in your seat until they call it. You have an assigned seat on most airlines. They're not going to give it away. No need to get up and rush to the to crowd the door when it's not your turn. Definitely. That goes for any any airline, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, even Southwest, a lot of times you'll have people who are in the B group crowding around the the little stands where you're lining up as the A group. And sometimes things get heated. It's mm. not fun. But just be patient. Just be patient. Yeah, through the whole process of flying, you really have to be patient from the minute you get to the airport until you leave the airport at your destination. It really helps. <laughs> Patient and just keep your ears open. Pay attention. Yeah. They're going to tell you every step of the way exactly what to do, how to do it, when to do it. We're all, a, a, well, we're mostly adults. <laughs> or, uh, or at least hopefully accompanied by, by adults. Although I think. <laughs> Somebody. Yes. <laughs> That's why I bring my wife along. Nice. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, uh, oh, so. When we're uh, when we're boarding, when we're getting on the plane, um, something that people seem to have a lot of problems with is stowing their carry-on luggage in the overhead compartments. Do we have some rules for that? Well, I mean, the first and easiest thing is they ev- at every step of the way in the airport they have little uh, what do you want to call it? A little stand that shows you the size that your carry-on needs to fit in. That you can test it out. And if it doesn't fit in that thing, don't bring it on the plane because you're not going to get it in the overhead bin. <laughs> yeah, just ask them to gate check it. And exactly, yeah. Get your bag. Um, I have a simple phrase to help everybody with this process. Wheels first, as close to your seat as possible. Yeah, that's a good one. put yep. your bag, like, just put it by your seat. Yeah. You don't need to put it up by the exit. Oh, that's no. whatever weird spot you have. <laughs> I, you know, I see people all the time. They're like in the back of the plane and they're taking up spot up front because they wanted to shove their bag in right when they got on the plane or something. Just to make a, sure that they had a spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's poor form. Just, yes. If you get, if you get to, if your boarding group is a later boarding group and the uh, overhead bins are full, they will check your bag for free. No need to worry about it. Yeah. You almost got a better deal that way because if you're on the yeah. first leg of your, of a uh, multiple leg trip, they're going to check it through to the final destination and you for you. So pay for it. That's free check nice. bag. Yes. I'm not going to say that I haven't <laughs> done that on purpose. <laughs> brought a bag and then gate checked it. Um, it's been a while since I've pulled that. But, Cheapskate um, pro, pro tip happened. of the day. That's... <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying it might work. It's a happy accident. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, get in wheels first. That's the other thing you like when you're three years old, you learn how to do those those <laughs> puzzles where you put the square in the square hole and the oval in the oval have hole and the, the triangle. Have you seen the video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's this video of this person trying to shove their bag into the overhead bin. And it is painfully apparent to everyone except this person. That it ain't uh-huh. gonna fit, and then the right. flight attendant comes over, and in maybe two seconds, zoop, she turns it. But boom, I mean, you—we've right all in. seen that where yeah. where somebody it won't yeah. close, 
and they just keep slamming the door on it and you're like you're not even wiggling it you're not even like (laughs) trying to find a different way to do this it's like they almost think well if i just keep slamming this door it's gonna happen like i don't get if you can't get it just leave the door open because the flight attendant's going to come through and check it anyway so she's either going to make it fit or she's going to take it out and and when you land do not immediately jump out of your seat and start pulling your giant suitcase down without any regard to anybody else around you including yeah including my head which seems to be the magnet for these things as as soon as they come out and i'm just looking at my phone Uh waiting patiently and you just get cracked over the head with somebody's suitcase and then their butt is just right in your face for the next 20 minutes while they get the door open and everything. That's my worst. Ugh. Yeah. Deplaning is one of the roughest spots and that's like a topic all all on its own. Oh, so we can we can cover that in more detail in a minute. But um, so, yeah, boarding, get on, just get your bag and sit down and be quick so everybody can get in their spot. And now we take off and we're flying. And here's, a, here's a topic that has a lot of different opinions. What are your thoughts on reclining the seat? You know what? This might cause a fight. I don't. Yeah. You know what? Go ahead and do it. It's not like they reclined that far. We're all here's here's my thing. I don't want to get too fussy on the plane because you know what? We're all uncomfortable. We're all stressed yep. out, and we're all people. Okay. So, cut. And and this was going to be my like biggest thing for like in flight tips. Just cut everybody some slack if they need to recline the whole like inch and a half that that seat moves. Let them do it. You know, maybe when they start the beverage service, sit up. But even then, your tray's fine if they recline. So I don't mind. I I, I usually don't. But yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm somebody with a bad back, so I'm constantly like it's far more comfortable in these chairs on these planes for me to recline it, even if it's just that five inches that it is. It it I don't mind it on international flights, but I cannot stand having somebody's seat back in my lap for the hour flight from Atlanta to Orlando. It makes me crazy. I don't <laughs> do anything about it. I don't I don't yell at anybody, but <laughs> I will give you some serious roll eye. Like, really? <laughs> you need to take a nap on this one hour flight. Come on. Well, see, that's the thing. And I'll ignore your side <laughs> eye. He's put a movie I on and he's asleep, already so. out snoring up above the whole plane. Deal with it. <laughs> you either hate it or you just don't care. But that's when you just reach up and you start a massage train and you're like, come on, everybody, let's just pay it forward. I had a feeling one of you was a seat recliner. I only want to sit behind you on a plane. Well, now you have you have a lot of run-ins with inconsiderate uh, fellow passengers. The feet. Oh. Yeah, that's the one place where I'm not live and let live. You know, like, keep them, and definitely keep them off the touch screens, please. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it now. (laughs) I mean, I think we've all seen the, the videos of people sticking their feet through the crack in the seat in front of them so that the people in front of them now have a bare foot <laughs> touching their heart. I will, I will order hot coffee and spill it on you at that point. Like, that's no. <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. On, a, on an international flight, I will admit that I do take my shoes off because you're going to be on the plane for 
nine plus hours, but I do not take off my socks. And you're keeping them in your own personal space. And I keep them in my personal space. And typically, to be honest, I carry an extra pair of socks in my carry-on on an international flight so that when I take off my shoes, I can put on clean socks. I noticed at the airport the other day they were selling like airplane made slippers basically they were just really fuzzy socks and you know there was nothing special about them but oh, that's nice. I was like well that I want to yeah. buy a, a set just to hand to the person that like on my last flight she like folded her legs up and we had a seat in between us that was empty she mm-hmm. just decided to slowly stretch her legs across that seat throughout the flight Oh, no. And then the next thing I know, her bare no. feet are literally like right under my armrest, like making their way under. Uh, yeah. It was People, no. don't do it. Nobody needs your bare feet no. on an airplane. Nobody. Well, then attached to those feet, there's something else that Heather has lots of run-ins on, especially with those businessmen that she mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man yeah, spreading. Man spreading. <laughs> my nemesis. <laughs> I, I, every guy I sit next to seems to think that a, a portion of my space belongs to him every time. <laughs> I don't even know it's how it's possible for these guys to do this. Like these chairs are so small. Like I'm always feeling wedged in. Like I just kind of just pull myself together out of like habit. Just thinking like, all right, I don't want to get in somebody else's space. I've had so many elbows in my ribs and knees touching my knees like i don't know you we don't need to touch knees yeah, no <laughs> just keep that to yourself please <laughs> but i don't it always seems to be the men i've never sat next to a woman who sp- spreads her legs ac- across the whole like what i don't well, get it you get that drilled into you from a young age if it's not it's not no, a ladylike pose true. i guess Wait till you try that new yeah, nudist airline that they're doing out of London. Ooh. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> Pro tip, bring a towel. Hard, hard <laughs> you put on the seat. They just cover the seats in saran wrap before you sit down. <laughs> you peel off a layer yeah. after <laughs> after they declare. It's like a hospital bed with the paper. He's <laughs> <laughs> cranking on down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, another in-flight tip: don't get drunk. Yeah. yeah, don't board the plane drunk, or you might get kicked off. Or not allowed to fly it. We had a friend who uh, was sending us videos of like really, really drunk businessmen next to him, who was even before they took off was demanding more beers, and uh, I think he was FaceTiming his wife. When the flight attendant came over <laughs> and kicked him off the plane, <laughs> and the on her face, it was priceless. Honey, yeah. check this out. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, sure, flying's stressful, and some people are nervous about it. But you know, get one of those meditation apps on your phone or something to calm your yeah, nerves. Go, go to your doctor and ask for something for the anxiety and Xanax goes a long way there you go otherwise you're just going to get the flight delayed while the police come and pull you off uh so do we have any other rules or tips for while we're in the air be nice to the flight attendants yeah yeah they work hard they're hardworking people and they're you know their number one job is to make sure you're safe 
And people can be so mean to them. It's kind of a thankless job, honestly. They have to they have to be uh, waiters and waitresses and try to keep you safe on an airplane and I just try to be nice to them. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Um, and really, just be nice to everybody. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I feel so bad for the mom that's traveling with the baby whose ears are hurting and so they're screaming and everybody's getting mad and I remember what that's yeah. like. Well, and even before you get to that point. Um, I mean, all three of us have flown with kids before you even get on the plane. How many people are giving you dirty looks and hate you because you're bringing a kid on a plane? Because you're bringing a kid on the plane. Yeah. And it turns out, I mean, we got lucky. Our kids are really good flyers. And so they weren't a problem. Yeah, us too. We started flying with our kids um, when they were babies, really. Um, Eden's first trip, he was three months old. Uh, Owen, Owen was a little older maybe six or eight months, but they, they're great travelers now because they've been traveling their whole lives and flying their whole lives. But Aiden had, uh, he always got his ears would just hurt so bad during takeoff and landing and he would cry. So I know what that's like. It pops. They don't scream the entire time, but babies cry. It's life. Don't that's another good good reason to have the noise canceling headphones. Absolutely. Yep. That and people sitting next to you popping their gum or ch- eating chips with their or mouth scrolling open. Scrolling through Netflix with their feet, apparently. I'm just I'm baffled that people are <laughs> yeah. using their feet on the touchscreens. <laughs> now we're back to that dreaded point that Jess brought up earlier. Deplaning. It doesn't seem like it should be Off that hard of a process, but it's like there needs to be an exam that everybody has to take before they're allowed to get on. It's just amazing that, you know, people could sit for hours contently doing nothing or whatever, or entertaining themselves and we're all fine. But as soon as those wheels hit the ground, it's like seatbelts start popping off, like the phones <laughs> come back on and people are like, uh, like ready to jump out of that seat. It's just, it you, you can wait for it turns into Lord yeah, of the Flies. Yeah, just wait 10 more minutes. Just yes, definitely. practice that patience. I, I don't get it. Yeah. There's a process. Everybody in the front of the plane gets off first. Exactly. Row you standing row. up isn't going to make you get past the rows of people ahead of you. Yeah, it's especially, and yeah, because the farther back in the plane, it's it, it builds. So. It seems like the people in the back are the ones that are yeah, always definitely. the most eager to stand up and get off and... Right. But I mean, also, it's like when you're waiting in it's, it's like waiting in, in a traffic jam, too. It's like the farther back you are in the traffic jam, the longer you're yep. going to wait until yeah. the clear, you know, until it clears oh, yeah. back to you. Um, I tend to actually end up like I said, I I'm not a responsible enough adult to check in early for my Southwest flights. And I make a beeline for the back row because pro tip, even if you're in the final boarding group, the last three rows back in family land there on Southwest flights, you're probably going to get an aisle or a window seat because everybody's trying to sit closer to the front. So I'm in the back row and it just would go so much quicker if we would all just go in order. We got on in order. That's a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They just want you to get off at that point though. They're not going to organize it in any way. (laughs) They're like, no, we're done here. Bye. So don't go rushing to grab your bag until you're getting off. 
Hopefully you followed our rule and you put your bag right above your seat so that you can just grab yes. it and go. Or gate checked yep, it. Yep, or gate checked it. Take a look around you and keep an eye out for maybe that mom that's juggling a baby in a diaper bag and her personal bag and maybe see if she needs help with her bag in the overhead like or the little old lady. Uh, it seems like every flight I'm on, there's at least one little old lady who has to get help from somebody reaching down her bag. Let's just help each other because nobody likes to do this. So No, I mean, flying is not fun, right. really. It's it's the most efficient way to get from point A to point B when you don't want to drive for eight hours, but it's it's not a party. No, no. So we got off the plane. How, what, what are some good ways to handle layover time or getting from one gate to another especially if it's we got to make a big location change to catch our next flight or something do we have any hot tips yeah, there? this is where the app either either the airline app or that app that jess suggested are really important so that you can take a look at where you have to go i always check and see what gate i'm coming into and what gate i have to go out mm-hmm. of so that i have a plan and- Double check once your wheel's down because it might have changed oh, yeah. while you're in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Delta loves to give me super short connections, mm-hmm. so I'm always checking that app and check and checking what the, map. the airport's transportation system is because there are quite a few airports out there that use train systems um, just for their sheer size um, between gates. And I think I was in Houston yeah. once and discovered that they've got an amazingly strange train system that almost kind of goes in Mm -hmm. little bumps around. Um, And it's great because, you know, it's, it's, it's a loop. If you miss one, you just can ride it back around, but the sheer size of it makes it so that if you miss one, you're kind of in trouble, you need to make sure to get off. So make sure you check out, yeah, the maps and then how those trains work, because sometimes they have a train that only goes to baggage claim and doesn't go to different gates or, only goes to a specific number of gates and you can't yeah. just show up and hop on the train and think it's going to take you where you need to go. Just know before you get on. Yeah. And watch the signage because every airport I've ever yes, been in definitely. is very well signed. Yeah. Speed ramps. Yes or no. <laughs> They're called moving <laughs> sidewalks, moving walkways, moving sidewalks. Oh, moving walkways. <laughs> I've never heard it called. That's a what they call ramp. it. Like um, coming out of like pirates or space. That's like the, the trade trade name so are you saying yes or no like you should use them or not or are you saying you should walk on them personally like to use them i love it because it makes me feel like i've got a superpower because i can go so exactly that's what i was gonna say (laughs) Um, yes i definitely use them but i don't just stand there i I always walk walk because otherwise what's the point you're not moving any faster if you don't walk on it um i think i i was texting with jess back in may when I was laid over in some silly airport somewhere and I was bored and I started doing loops just like a, like a racetrack go one direction and then come back just so I could walk really fast. It made me feel awesome. I had some time. I had a couple hours to kill. (laughs) Yeah. And the truth is if you have a disability or an injury or something that makes it difficult for me, for you to walk, to the next gate, yeah. the airport will provide you with a little golf cart and take you yeah. from one gate to the next. You just have to ask when you check in uh, and they'll they'll do that for you. Same with if you need assistance getting on and off the plane, they will provide that as well. 
So yeah, I, I am a fan of moving walkways and I think you should move on them. Don't just stand there. If you are going to stand, stay to the right, walk to the left. Stay to the right, yes. Please. Yes. It's especially great at an airport like Detroit, which is a mile long. The terminal is one mile long. And recently, there is a tram system. Recently, it was under construction and not in, in uh, service. And I always get the flight where I land at one end of that terminal and have to get all the way to the other end. And yeah, so those moving walkways for sure, are for sure. Okay. So one handy. other question I've got for you for that downtime in between flights, if you're lucky to have or unlucky, I don't know how you personally feel about having to spend time. Um, <laughs> what's your go-to layover food or do you have a favorite food, favorite airport uh, that has like the best restaurant mm. that you've eaten at? Like, where do you go oh, for wow. when you got to chow down? That is a great. That question. is. I don't know if I have like a go to that I I go for. I I, I don't have one, but the Atlanta yeah. airport is full of great places to eat. They have a Shake Shack. Um, oh, I can't think of just one so specific you like, place. You don't. Like you don't go, go to like a national chain though. You go to something that's like unique to whatever city the i like to find a, a, a unique thing or it may be a chain that that we don't have around here right yeah i like, like that i know that last time i flew i had a long layover in philadelphia and that Did you get a cheese was... steak? no i didn't the the airport was up kind of <laughs> oh no it's not a nice airport but um pretzels oh, the philadelphia yeah. pretzels oh okay pretzels. they were gotcha. they were delicious and i Eight several. <laughs> um, Minneapolis Airport has a really good sushi yeah, bar. I know it, it's airport sushi. I know that, but but it's um they have an actual sushi chef and they're bringing in fresh ingredients and they make it right there in front of you. It's great. I think it's in Terminal G. I'd be nervous because I've I've watched Airplane one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair point. <laughs> yeah. In the Don't airport, eat fish so on the plane, but yeah. in the airport, it's okay. Yeah, I never get the fish on the plane. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, is there anything else? Any other uh, tips, tricks, nightmare scenarios? Can't think of any right now. I don't know. I'm trying not to think about nightmare scenarios since I'm flying tomorrow. Sorry <laughs> <talking> about that. <laughs> like I gotta leave at eight a.m. tomorrow. I don't. No nightmare scenarios. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, then I think that's gonna do it for this week. Um, so, oh, you guys are hopping on planes tomorrow to head down to Florida. You've got some yep. bright and early. Bright and early, and I've got to be up bright and early to take my wife to the airport for the same. <laughs> you guys are all going to be together for we're headed out on a disney cruise for a conference it's gonna be a great week yeah. it's gonna be a great week i'm excited <laughs> we'll miss you dan okay we're sorry <laughs> i do feel some remorse right now <laughs> that's all right i don't have to go to my my day job so staycation it's uh, there's a plus side yeah home adventures yes. as they say yeah we're going to have lots of fun me and the the two-year-old all week long while the big kids are at school oh, yeah. so. I can't wait to hear the stories. Alex <laughs> have a great oh, week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me all the quirky, weird things he does. What he gets himself stuck in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have a video montage for next week. That would be perfect. I love it. <laughs> yep. 
All right. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for subscribing. I hope you've subscribed. If not, why not hit that subscribe button? You don't want to miss us at all. So make sure that you hear us every single week when we've got new exciting stuff to talk about and tell a friend or two. Uh, you don't have to tell everybody at once. Just pick one or two people that you think might be really interested in what we have to say and tell us about our show. Tell, tell them about our show. Tell them where to find us. We already know about the show. We have we a don't show? Need to be told. <laughs> Is that why this microphone yeah. is in front of me? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I think that's all I have to say. So you guys enjoy your trip, and I can't wait to hear about it next right. week. And we'll see you real soon. See you real it's soon. It's time to close this week's gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to become a member of our band of explorers, all you have to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and review, won't you? We'll be eternally grateful. It helps other adventurers find us and helps us grow our show. To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the Gold Key Adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.